0: Fiori is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash soccer. That's V-U-O-R-I dot slash soccer.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
2: Everyone, Happy Thursday, Michelle Gingras, alongside Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, and Alexis Guerreros. Jenny Chu joins us later with the headlines, and it's nice to be back with you today. You had a little day off yesterday. What'd you do?
3: Uh, we went to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. Uh, and then pool. We also went out to get some seafood. It was, it was a family day.
2: So you go all the way back home, and then yes. you come back. Wow, that's a quick turnaround. Every
3: Tuesday, back home, Thursday, 2 a.m., back straight to studio
2: do you try to find something like unique to do with the kids on that day that you're home is there like you know do they look forward to that day for any certain reason just spending time Other with, than having dad just home spending,
3: <laughs> spending time with dad oh cool. wow. and so yeah i mean we i started to train them. yesterday was the first day first time that i really drilled them
4: oh wow An hour and a half Did you put the cones put the out cones. yeah cones out put the cones out, out. oh how they do they responded really well.
3: Good.
4: Yeah. There you how many? Know. How many times did they cry? Uh, <laughs> none. None? But couple, how many times did you cry? Couple arguments. Oh, Okay. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Very complaints. nice. Nice. I've done that
3: already. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's great just to be home. I, I, I really take it in on those Tuesdays mm-hmm. and Wednesdays. Operation Question Bob for band. you:
5: Which mutant ninja turtle do they like the best, and which mutant ninja turtle do you like the best? They both like Leonardo the best, and I think it's because of the swords. He, he has double swords?
3: Just the ha- one. Oh, I wasn't into Donatello's the got the stick. OK. Raphael with the two.
4: Michelangelo's the pizza one. Yeah, nunchucks. That's how I, I know him.
3: Pizza, <laughs> pizza. <laughs>
6: yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's why I watch the show. I'm like, enough with the fighting. Let's get back to <laughs> <Yeah>. the pizza.
3: <laughs> I, think, I think I'm a Leonardo guy as well, oh, although nice. I like Raphael.
2: OK. Yeah. Right.
4: Question. Have you, I see, have you seen Diego? Very little. This is why you tune in, folks.
3: <laughs> well, before, before, yes. we,
2: before we move on, question for you. Yeah. Tell us about this fit today. Like, th- this is
5: this is Saturday's football. They kill it with uh, these sweaters. I had to whip it out today because Boca pulled off a, a pretty big win in our season in the Copa Libertadores Round of 16. An homage to Diego. Dios means God in Spanish. Time out. But the, the I and the O is a this 10. This is
3: the time you need to tell the story of the first time you met Diego Maradona.
5: Oh, are we derailing the whole
4: first yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, uh, Why not? <laughs> it's quick, not like we have a rundown, baby.
3: Quick as, in as, there. As, okay, quick as, as quick as you
5: can. As as I can. <laughs> World Cup uh, 2006, it was uh, the, the quarterfinal, uh, the, the round of 16 game, Argentina versus Mexico in uh, Leipzig. Uh, my dad who was broadcasting that that game he got us VIP tickets to go to that game um, it was my my mom, my sister, my dad's business partner's wife at the time the two kids were very close to them and um, we knew Maradona was going to be there, so we went prepped with with our Argentina kits. Um, I was a 2006 kit, the World Cup kit with number 10, but I put 10 Maradona on the back actually. So um, at halftime, we go into like the lounge area, and he's sitting over there at a table. I think it was his daughters. Mind you, I'm 12 years old at the time, um, and I'm I'm like looking over. It's my sister who's younger, and the two younger daughters of my of my dad's business partner and Maradona waves at us and he goes he, he, he blows a kiss and he comes over. And ah. I tell him something to the likes of, Diego, I'm Nico, uh, Andres Cantor's son. My, my dad had, had a relationship with Maradona when he would come to the States back in the day. And, oh, you're El Gordo Cantor's son. Gordo, <laughs> the, the yeah. fat Cantor's son. And he's like, oh, you're very, you know, in, in, a, in a term of endearment. And, and he, he remembered very well. So Argentina goes on to to win that game in extra time. It's a very dramatic game with the, you guys remember the Maxi Rodriguez volley. What a volley. Um, and, and Maradona stayed celebrating outside in the stands but everybody had already gone in, and I was in the VIP. Everybody in the VIP was waiting for Maradona to come in, and people start accumulating. It's like, I don't know, I don't remember. When I was 12, I was probably exaggerated numbers, but maybe like 50, 60, 70 people were there. Just, I remember a lot of people. Maradona walks through the VIP, and he looks at me. He singles me out, and I don't remember. He goes, Nico, or Cantor, or he just calls me over. He grabbed me, and he puts his arm around oh my me. Gosh. and. He, we start vamos, vamos, Argentina. Ah. We just start jumping together, and I'm—I couldn't believe it. That Maradona went up to me in front of everybody, grabbed, like took took me, and, and in yeah. front of everybody, oh my god! What a moment! It was—I will never forget that. I was 12 years
4: old, and yeah, that that's was special. Yeah, that is yeah. <laughs> special. I've got no jokes. That is special. <laughs> yeah, that, I could. I, I, I There's no chance I'm going to make fun of that. That is. Yeah. Absolutely that's why I was incredible. like, you got to tell the story if you rock yeah. in that sweater. Yeah. You also what an iconic it. moment to meet a legend,
5: man! It was—I couldn't what? believe it was happening. I couldn't believe it. It, it, it went so well. Not even so a legend, well. but
2: like your idol, also really like to to have a chance, especially at that age, right? Like would he it's be. Almost, uh,
5: yeah, because culturally, if you grow up in an Argentine household, especially in 2006, when there, Messi really wasn't a big name. Yeah? yeah, he was on that World Cup squad, but he was so young. There was no one that had really challenged that throne, and Maradona. You guys need to understand that in Argentina it's, it, it transcends football it's it's he's an icon of the country he's in he's almost like a cult religious figure and if you grow up in an Argentine household you always ha- like Maradona's like always there hovering in in, in the background yep. um and and he becomes more than just my dad's idol he he represents so much for the culture and to, to be with, for him to have embraced me like that. yeah, he, he might not remember. You know, a lot of people in Argentina say, it's, it, w- after he passed away, he said, it's not what you did with your life, it's what you did to mine. Um, and, and those little moments, wow. he knew the impact that he had. He knew how much weight his persona carried um, in, in, in everywhere that he went. Oh, Was
4: we- that the Riquelme de Michele's uh, the Michelis
5: was on that team, the, the 2016 team. Yeah. It was Riquelme, Tevez, Messi, Heinze, Sorin, uh, Crespo, Maxi Rodriguez. That team was st- – Aymar was on that team. That's not the one that beat um, Lost to Germany. No. No. I'm thinking no. Of
4: 2010, maybe? It was
5: – no, it, Germ- uh, uh, against England, it was in t- 1998.
4: Yeah, with uh, the red Argentina part. went yes. through Ivory Coast,
5: Nigeria, um and I don't remember who was the third team in, oh, Serbia Montenegro, they beat them 6-0, and then Mexico lost to Germany. Yeah.
2: I think you also just hit the nail on something that's so significant too, it's like, as an athlete, especially someone like that, an icon like that, you have this huge platform, and every little thing that you do could be so meaningful to someone else, and it's yeah. such a small gesture, right? And it yeah. seems like that was, as you mentioned, after he passed away, like that was kind of the feedback from everyone that, these small things that he did made such an impact on other people's lives and around him and on the country in general.
5: Yeah, and I think there's a a particularity with Maradona because he did have that platform and he was almost like the anti-hero because of uh, his drug addiction, the things he would say. He, I don't think he was the best um, role model, but I don't think he wanted to be that role model. He was rock and roll to the full extent. And he had mistresses, he had kids out of wedlock, but he was, he was crazy. But first and foremost for Argentines, he flew the Argentine flag yeah. like no one else did. And now in the age of Messi, where you go anywhere in the world, we were at an Albanian restaurant the other day, and the first thing we, I said that my family is Argentinian, the, the, the guy told us, oh, Messi, Back in the day, before the globalization that we live in now, with the phones and everything, Maradona was the passport for Argentinians. Yeah. Anywhere you would go, you get in a cab, go, and everyone would say Diego Maradona, Diego Maradona. They would, yeah. they would say, and, and it was. With it was a lot like of, the connective tissue. A for lot everyone. of pride. Look, even like. I know. Here, I know. I'm a thermos. <laughs> you know, I, I had to have Maradona on my thermos. I have Messi, but I also have to have Maradona because he just represents. So much for for, for the culture uh, n- n- beyond yeah. beyond sports. Yeah, yeah speaking for of, sure.
2: speaking of Messi, we were talking about this yesterday. I, I believe that we were starting to see even before, obviously, like before it was official, that there were jerseys and and they're popping up everywhere. Yesterday, I kid you not, we talked about it a little bit on the show, and I'm walking around in Brooklyn. I must have seen five messy jerseys. Wow. And then I walked over the Brooklyn Bridge, sure enough, where they sell, like, the $3, like, little trinkets and, like, you know, the dollar water. Messy jerseys all hung up. And it was so... I was just like, well, this is a moment like, you know, you've got like the entire skyline in the background and these messy jerseys on hangers. And it just, I know we kind of go back to it a lot, so I don't want to just, you know, continue to harp on it, but it does feel like he has just completely taken over um, in the United States now and something that a lot of people can connect to with him. So you talk about another transcendent figure. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like he's in that same category.
5: I feel it's because Messi has reached every corner of the globe because of the era that we live in. Um, He will have affected not only Argentines, he's become almost, obviously he's Argentine, but the inspiration for many people. As opposed to Maradona, in an age where it wasn't so easy to become known in every single household, he was like known in every single household. Which is more more, impressive. And he was witty, he was quick. Messi's, because I think his figure is, M- much more globalized. He's, he's very careful with his words, Messi, and the way that he speaks Maraville and he gives was the interviews. Man, the exact opposite. <laughs> the exact opposite. The antithesis. Yeah. He would come up with phrases that to this day in, in Argentinian slang they're still used, and he would come up with them on the spot. He was just as witty speaking as he was on the field. He, he, was, he was unique, he was a force and, and emblematic of, of Argentinianness. Nico, Nico, I just called you Mika.
2: Nico. Nico, you are coming with the passion this morning, especially forgetting how many hours of sleep last night. I know oh, you yeah. were up, not, not uh, that up many. late.
5: The anxiety of the Boca game had me wired, but at least I'm in a good mood. <laughs> You're in a great mood right now.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, we actually I think got a video of you from last night, uh, up late wondering now, when, when you were going go to sleep.
5: sleep? <laughs> for our morning show that airs at seven a.m. Oh, yeah. Yoshi you, uh, with a Boca what, around kid Around what time twerking. was that? <laughs> that, was, that was like <laughs> 11.30, okay. but then it's like you're checking Twitter, you're looking at all the memes, you're looking at what everybody's saying, just because Boca didn't play well and they managed to get out the win a lo Boca, in the Boca way. Um, penalty kicks, Chiquito Romero, who was the Argentine goalie at the 2014 World Cup, the one that played for you, Manchester United was big in penalty kick shootout. It got me, woo, the, like all the adrenaline, the anxiety through the roof right when I needed at least. I absolutely okay. torpedoed this opening segment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what you think about the World Cup, yeah, market, yeah. right? <laughs> you went.
4: You went. You went. Interesting. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Wow.
2: Is this what you had in mind when you said tell that story quickly? No.
5: Um, <laughs> I knew this was
4: going to happen when you told that story. It wasn't like a quickly it, story. It's such a good story. Yeah. You did we'll say as big to. as I could tell, so I can not imagine what the long version is <laughs> <laughs> The director's cut is like. Yeah. We're
2: going to chat COPA. We're going to chat Women's World Cup. We've got a lot more coming your way, but uh, when we come back, Jenny Chu is joining us with all of the latest headlines of the day.
6: Okay, we kick off today's headlines with the latest twist in the Harry Kane transfer saga. According to multiple reports, this morning Bayern Munich and Tottenham have reached an agreement for Harry Kane for a reported $120 million. Kane has yet to decide whether to leave the North London club or stay. He reportedly wanted the situation sorted before Tottenham's opening match on Sunday against Brentford. Kane is heading into the last 12 months of his current contract at Spurs and will leave for free next summer if if he stays and doesn't sign any extension. In other transfer news, FC Barcelona has been linked to some potential transfer additions this summer, but will need to complete some sales to make that happen. The Spanish champions completed one of those sales on Wednesday, moving Ivorian midfielder Frank Kessie to Saudi Pro League side Al-Ali in a $14 million transfer. Kessie spent one season at Barcelona after helping AC Milan win the Serie A title. Kessie joins an Al-Ali side that has also added Riyad Mahrez, Roberto Firmino and Eduard Mendy this summer. In MLS news, Lionel Messi's official debut in league play will have to wait a bit longer now. Inter-Miami's scheduled league match against Charlotte FC later this month has been postponed due to the two teams facing each other in the League's Cup quarterfinals. That matchup ensures that one of them will be playing a match the day before the originally scheduled August 20th league match. A new date has not been set yet, and Inter-Miami hosts Charlotte FC in the League's Cup on Friday night. We head back to the Premier League, where Chelsea has named Rhys James as their new club captain ahead of the upcoming season. He takes the armband from Cesar Azpilicueta, who left Stamford Bridge to sign for Atletico Madrid earlier this summer. James said, quote, I'm so happy to take on the role and responsibility. I know I've got big shoes to fill because we have had huge captains here in the past, but I am excited. James joins a list of Chelsea captains that includes John Terry and Dennis Wise. Speaking of Chelsea and captains, the Blues have reportedly triggered the fee release clause for U.S. men's national team captain Tyler Adams. Wow! According to multiple reports that have emerged this morning, Chelsea has triggered the $26 million release clause in Adams' contract with Leeds United. Adams is still recovering from hamstring surgery he underwent in May, but has recently returned to training with Leeds. Charlie, after seeing Christian Pulisic's time at Chelsea, do you like this move for Tyler Adams, or are you worried about his playing time in that crowded midfield?
3: I don't like this move for Tyler Adams, and it, of course, it's a step up from playing in the championship with Leeds United, but he's coming back from injury, and one spot is locked down as a defensive midfielder, Enzo, Enzo, Fernandez. Enzo Fernandez, locked down. If you spent over hundred million dollars, you know you're playing. Right. So now you're looking at the other two spots, and one is defensive. And so you're looking at who you're competing with and the rotation, the opportunity. And with Mauricio Pochettino as the manager, it's not that you're coming in, you're playing right away. you got to work. And as, a, as any player with integrity and belief and confidence, you think, I can break into this team. I think I'm that mm. good. And Tyler Adams has that confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you have to be perfect.
5: Right in order to play every single, single game, game at Chelsea. We've, week in, week, and week out. We already we've seen almost Chris, nobody plays week in, week out at Chelsea, by the way. Very oh, few. There's there's but we there's haven't seen, very important we the haven't rotation seen was pa- crazy We haven't seen year. a Pochettino it's team. True.
3: So that was before Pochettino comes. Now Pochettino's gonna come in and create this team, give them that culture, and there's gonna be a base to this team. So some players are gonna be playing much more For than sure. others.
5: Uh, center, the, yeah.
3: In my in my mind, Tyler Adams breaking into this team and staying in this team is a tall task considering
5: where Chelsea is and what they're chasing. I wonder what role Pochettino envisions for Enzo Fernandez and that's going to be the key because from the moment he went from Benfica to Chelsea even from his time at River there have been qualities that I don't think Chelsea have gotten the best out of Enzo Fernandez because alone at the 6 you have them further away from goal. Mm-hmm. You have them linking up less of those entry passes. M- maybe if Tyler Adams, if they want, if they're triggering his release clauses because they see something in him, and, and, and I, they want. But I see
3: him. it as more as cover because yeah, they're still pursuing. The Moises part. Quesado. and Moises Quesado, If you're paying for him, and Brighton have, have really held held to a number which is around a hundred million pounds to bring him to to Chelsea to release him. So that's both midfield that, positions taken mm. up. Knowing that yeah. you have to understand that this is probably a move where you are cover right. for Chelsea. And the Do other you want to put yourself in that situation knowing you can still Perform
4: your way into a team and work your way into a team, but, but
5: no, halfway through the first semester—that's that's
4: the point. It's that he's not only going to have to work his way in, but that's still delayed by a couple of months until he gets sure. healthy, right. and then he becomes match fit, and then he can go into training and prove he deserves that position. It, you almost have to hope that either they don't pick up a second midfielder or there's an injury ahead of him. It's oh. just very hard for any
3: professional yeah. to turn down Chelsea when your team is in the championship. Can you have that patience and? I, I know his agent really well. I had his, his, him as an agent, as a player, Lyle Yorks. Can you look at him and say, you know what? I know this is an incredible offer. You're going to be making double or triple your salary, whatever that is, in a, in a club that typically plays Champions mm. League and competes for Living trophies? In Living in London is not a Living bad game. gig.
4: let's wait. How about, it's, it's you know, how about something we're not have. thinking of, which is, I'm sorry to, to jump okay. in, but okay. uh, Chelsea loans a lot of players mm-hmm. out. I know they retracted a lot of those players and they've sold a bunch, but they do like to loan. That's a big possibility. And it's not like he's going to be loaned to some no-name team. He's of the ilk yeah, to get a positive Not loan. Not when they trigger
5: the release clause. So, what? I mean, if- usually, like somebody from Cobham or something like that, that's not breaking sure, for the first absolutely. team. But for a
4: player... Of but the, let's be of honest. The Tyler Adams' caliber, twenty-six million a, a, a dollars is not a lot. It's, Are it's you going difficult. to Chelsea just to be loaned? No, no, no. Right. I'm saying no. we're saying does it's it,
5: an option. It's does difficult it, for a player of Tyler Adams' caliber to to be to be consistent on, on a Chelsea team like this. Does it
2: change anything if they don't get Caicedo? There's reports today that mm-hmm. potentially he goes to Liverpool. If that's the case, does that change the complexion or provide more opportunity for him?
3: In a midfield at Liverpool, he'll probably have. More of an opportunity than than at Chelsea right now.
2: You're saying if no no I'm saying there's reports that Caicedo could go to Liverpool.
3: Yeah, so yeah you're saying it, oh that, you're saying Caicedo. Okay. But, but if if Tyler you're, Adams okay, goes gotcha. to yeah, goes yeah. to Chelsea and Chelsea doesn't get Moises Caicedo, there's a better opportunity for Tyler to play. Okay. And you're you're not competing with two hmm. players who are make who have been I don't know a hundred million plus to 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 sign so. Yeah. Either way, we all know the quality of Tyler Adams. Mm-hmm. Wherever he goes in a club at that caliber, you're going to have to compete. But it's going to be much more difficult to compete when you have yep. two players in front of you who, who the club spent over $100 million to yeah. get.
2: You're right. Very tough decision. Um, when we come back, we're taking a look at the latest UCL qualifier results. Panathinaikos with a big win over Marseille. We'll look back at those results and more when we return. back. Let's take a look at yesterday's UCL qualifying results. Panathinaikos with a 1-0 victory over Marseille. Slovan Bratislava with a loss to Maccabi Haifa and the Rangers taking care of business with a 2-1 win over Servette. So let's kick this off with some highlights beginning with Slovan Bratislava against Makaba Haifa.
5: Maccabi Haifa, who was in the Champions League group stage last season, and Franzi Piero started off scoring. It's a very well constructed play. The Haitian international. We saw him just a couple of weeks ago at the Gold Cup, um, and he, he gives him the lead. And then they conceded right afterwards. Abdullah Sek. It's
3: unfortunate trying to clear it. You see, you can see he's frustrated. But now Diasabo from the Ooh. back heel on Piero's goal. To now the match winner, and they win two one
4: at. Slovan Brunson. In the 15th minute, what happened after that? (laughs) (laughs) Big win away.
2: Rangers, yes, against Servette. This was one that they wanted to take care of business.
5: Tavernier, as usual, from the spot. He starts off scoring just like he was the last couple of seasons he's been scoring for Rangers, probably their top goal scorer. Worked well down the left hand side, and the goal to go up. 2-0, 2-0, it's Cyril Dessers, by the way. They just brought him on, a prolific goal scorer in, in, in Europe. Maybe they can uh, get back uh, to successful European nights with him at the, the helm.
2: And then a huge upset here. Panathinaikos one nothing over Marseille.
5: Fotis Loanidis lays it off to
3: Bernard, who finishes the goal, and this is an upset. I mean, it, it's always tough to play in an in, in away fixture in these qualifiers. So Marseille is not out of it by any means. It's not
5: good to go into the the home leg, the second leg, down 1-0. So there's a greater context to this game because at Panathinaikos, there was no Marseille fans because of the fan violence with the AK supporters where Dinamo Zagreb supporter got stabbed. And even from the very beginning, UEFA saw this and said, okay, you know what? No away fans, no traveling fans for the first leg and no traveling fans for the second Mm -hmm. leg. So next week at the Velodrome, there will be no Panathinaikos fans. Um, But for Marseille, it's kind of been, once again for the third year in a row, a reset. Marcelino is a new manager. Um, recently at Bilbao and Valencia where he was able to make an impact. And now this is his first time out of Spain leading this team. They've brought in a couple names like Aubameyang. Aubameyang. Yeah. They lost big names too. Alexis Sanchez, Sanchez was their top goal scorer and he's now a free agent. Dimitri Payet is no longer at the club. They brought in Condombia as well mm-hmm. from, from Atletico Madrid. He got a red card yesterday and that worked against them. They were trying to hold on for the 0-0 and they just couldn't. Bernardo end, ends up scoring. But for Marseille, if they don't get to the group stage of the Champions Oof. League with the way that they've invested in this club. It's a huge it will be a huge it would be a massive failure if they don't yeah. make the
4: group stage of the Champions and League. F- that is their number one goal right now. And a failure for Liga. Yeah. yeah. Huge huge detrimental whole. to I mean, Liga we t- who needs who needs their teams to play well in these competitions. We were just
2: talking about that earlier in the week how we were expecting Marseille to really have a season to kind of put no, Liga back to. on they the have map to. again. Um, just a little fact here: that was Parathonaiko's first win against a French opponent in UEFA competition since 1998. Wow, jeez. So, if you're Marseille, how do you approach this game coming back? I mean, what's the statement you have to make?
3: You just got to be aggressive at home. It's it, typically in that first leg, you're a little bit more mm. cautious, you don't take as many risks. Now at home, you you put you press, you play higher up the field, and and Marseille with the quality that they have they should be able to, given that they had a red card in that first leg, they
5: should be able to win this match. They have to play knowing the responsibility that's on their shoulders to, to be in Champions League football where in fact, in the last decade, they really haven't had good fortunes at all. They've like won four or three games in the last 10 years in the group stage, they show up to the group stage and for their lives can't win. Um, they were in, in that Spurs group last year that went kind of crazy, but ended up finishing last. And Marseille, again, this is European pedigree. You see that star at the top of the O and the M? That's a Champions League star. They, they are the only French team to have one the Champions League and they have to play the second leg with the responsibility and after this not only there's another round so this is only the first step yeah. in in qualification you yeah.
2: mentioned those just so many changes for them maybe it just takes a little while to kind of find that chemistry although they're gonna have to find it quickly now it's but, a but, you third know.
5: season in the row they have a, th- a new coach yeah they went from Sampaoli to Igor Tudor to to Marcelino it's it's, it's difficult. I mean, I, you're the player. You, you, you know what that's like. Well, yeah, it, d- it depends on the, who the coach
3: fancies, the tactics. Do, does all of a sudden he change the formation where you're not out? Are there disgruntled players in the locker room? The fans put a lot of pressure on the manager, on the players, because they have an incredible fan base. The supporters are, are just so intense and, and so proud of Marseille it comes with heavy
4: expectations when you put on that kit it's half the stadium are supporters yeah. both sides both ends it's crazy
2: all right big expectations for marseille when we come back we're taking a look at two teams that had disappointing seasons last year in tottenham and chelsea they made some off season moves we'll see how this plays out for them when we return
1: passion drive and patience
2: Welcome back. Here's some notable fixtures for the Premier League opening weekend, Arsenal and Forest, Matt Turner getting a chance to go up against his former club, Brentford taking on Tottenham and Chelsea and Liverpool as well. And all of these games are available across the networks of NBC. And guys, we're going to dive in here and talk about both Chelsea and Tottenham. Let's begin with Tottenham and let's begin broadly here before we kind of get a little bit deeper on each club. What went wrong for the Spurs last season, finishing eighth in the Premier League?
4: Everything. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you have to say it, right? Conte, it was a telenovela uh, with Antonio Conte, you know, uh, bad-mouthing the club in press conferences. Uh, and none of it going well. And then the, the storyline that is still hovering over this club is what is happening with Harry Kane. None of that. Uh, obviously, made him want to stay. Not finishing in the top four uh, would be detrimental to them. And now here we are. What happens? I love to see you cook. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> oh. I should have. So you, t- you tossed a question to the two other
3: players. No, I told Continue. them I was going
2: to come in with him.
3: I've been. <laughs> I you, said, you know I'm what? ready. I'm no, ready. He was F- ready. Finish cooking. <laughs> it, no, just inconsistency in terms of defending because they gave up 63 goals last season. And, you know, Harry Kane. And, and I'd say Hung ming Sung had a, a poor season for yep. give yeah. his, his quality. What he's
2: normally, yeah, but
3: exactly. But I think defensively, this team gave up too many goals, too many opportunities. The goalkeeping was, was poor. But with, with Anj Postakoglu, I think Harry Kane would be much more willing to leave... And it would be automatic if Anj Posokoglu didn't come in and, and probably give this squad some shape, some, some, I think, some positivity, some hopefulness. Because it seems like Harry Kane might be doing a U-turn and staying at, at Tottenham for this season. And it could be partly because Anj Posokoglu is coming in and giving this team a There's little a bit more There's a reason why he hasn't just right. gone. Or, or, I mean, an easy answer would be his wife and his family don't, aren't too fond of, of leaving England, given that he, he's, you know, in the later stages of his career, you have to start to, to think about what's best for your family and not, not so much for yourself. And I think in this case, maybe it's, let's, let's see how far Tottenham can go. I've, I've given my career everything. I've given everything to Tottenham why turn back now when I have a year mm. left and then
4: I could go for free and evaluate what's right. best for him. He's also me so close to the title of mm-hmm. the the highest scorer in the history of the Premier League which you could tell is kind of important to him. I would assume winning trophies at some point besides personal or individual accolades is important to him as well. So I think more than just like hey my family's comfortable in England, I feel like if he does stay it's to run out that contract and then possibly get a move to a club that Seemingly, he's flirted with the idea of moving to like a Real Madrid for free.
3: You're telling me Bayern Munich Mm -hmm. Who's coming into you and they're desperate if you have one year left and they're paying over a hundred million to get you That means they want you. Yes, they they're desperate and if he goes to Bayern They for me become the front runners. They become easily the favorites for Champions League because That's the only miss that's the missing piece for this Bayern Munich side. They are so Talented, They have so much depth, but they don't have a nine. Yeah. Plus J, Rafa Guerreiro, Tuchel.
4: Th- who's th- this would you know, be the missing the Premier piece, and him. what a
3: piece it would be for all of a sudden Bayern Munich, who's already competing at, at a top level to get, to get over the hump and win Champions League if they have Harry Kane. And that's why you would go. Not to win
4: the Bundesliga, but to win Champions League, and this yeah. would give Harry Kane the best possible chance. Well, let's be honest. Winning a trophy would settle a lot for how we how he's viewed. Even though it's not I'm leaving sure, the Premier League to I win mean, the Bundesliga. I'm not saying just the Bundesliga, but a title, any title. Him lifting a trophy with confetti it seemed, is one thing missing from his career, and he, I, he deserves it. He's a good enough player
1: that he deserves it. I, just I think, think he scored a enough
5: goals and, and, and proven enough that. Even, let's just say he stays at Spurs for the rest of his career, maybe doesn't win a trophy elsewhere. He's proven that he's a, a top player. Obviously, you're, you're going to want to win trophies, but he's one of the greatest strikers that we've seen It's an asterisk that will never leave his You career. would only leave for, for a Champions League trophy. So, so uh, going back to Spurs, imagine if he goes, the scramble that that puts the sporting directors in to try to fill that void. Alejandro Velis from Richarlison. Argentina, Richarlison,
4: but we would all agree he's not. The, the, he's not so, a like exchange. Yeah, so,
3: he had a he had an unusual poor season. So uh, he, was star, he was the starter for Brazil in the World Cup. He scored some incredible right. goals. He will give you more and, than he and, gave and, you and last. And what did he have only a only round him at Brazil?
5: Hmm?
4: Who did he have around him at and, Brazil? And, and
5: it's not only that on. those players when when, the goal, when yeah, I'm Harry Kane and Son dropped in quality last season because the season before they had put the team on on their back and, and and taken where they were pulling a lot of weight because they could but last season they really struggled and Dejan Kulusevsky didn't step up uh now they brought in Manar Solomon uh to, to just add more but Charleston yeah. didn't step up at all no last season and These are the moments where it's like, okay, almost like last season is a wash because top four is not only a priority, it's almost mandatory for Spurs at this moment. And if suddenly you're doing that without Harry Kane, it's going to be an issue and and the rest of the cast is is going to have to have one hell of a season. if, If Harry Kane stays, I think this team has enough,
3: especially with James Madison coming into the squad. Has enough to get into the top four.
5: They do. They can compete, and they've done so already. They're they're the, they're a good they, team when they're playing well. If they keep well. King,
4: the question about whether they get in the top four is really about Ange Postecoglou's ability exactly. to to get that ball rolling quickly as exactly. a manager in the Premier League, which we've seen has a bit of a learning curve sometimes.
2: And getting the best out of these players, as you mentioned, that maybe didn't have the best seasons last year. Like, what do you expect to see from Ange in this
4: team? What is his his blueprint look like? I mean, he seems to be a positive. Player friendly manager. So you would assume he would you would assume he would change the atmosphere around the club Which was so dire and last n- year not only that offensive with Celtic his Celtic team scored a
5: lot of goals yeah. that were prolific like getting forward Completely opposite to what we saw with Conte at times at, at Spurs I went I went to a lot of Spurs games because I have a friend that works at IMG where we were uh-huh. doing our broadcasts out of um, For for Golasso show and, and and the today show he would take me to Spurs games and I would ask him like are you guys are you okay with this team being playing in such a low block and countering and staying on the break and, and being more pragmatic than anything else? And th- they would air their frustrations. It was difficult to just swallow that for 90 minutes and maybe get the one or the two chances.
3: Um, I mean, he, he didn't do too poorly the season before. It was just this season. Right, That Antonio they just Conte. became,
5: they, 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 they dropped... The I would I would love to compare that height of the team from that first season to this this season. Man, they were playing the, very close the depth to their, in their own box. Look at the Premier League compared to Scotland. I mean, Ange
3: Koglu only had to compete with Rangers, really. So I'm saying he had the Monstars in yes. In,
4: yes. in Scottish yeah, Premiership. of course.
2: Let's uh, let's move over and chat a little Chelsea though before we have to hit a break, okay? Because this is another team full overhaul in the offseason for Mm -hmm. this team after a disastrous Premier League campaign. As we look at the season notes from last year, four managers, one win in their final 14 matches. Just reading this, it just seems so uncharacteristic when you're talking about Chelsea, that this was their season, especially with the pieces that they had. And they had a strong transfer window last year. It didn't really pay off for them. Of the players that remain under Ponchettino, do we expect them to have better seasons? And what does he need to get out of this club to get them rolling?
3: Well, the big concern for Chelsea is scoring goals. They had 38 goals last year. 38. That, for Chelsea, is – that's the problem. That's a big issue. But they they didn't bring in a true nine. I yep. mean, they brought – uh, Nico Jackson, he, he scored 12 goals and had four assists last year in La Liga. That doesn't scream to me, oh, I'm going to be a 20-plus goal scorer in the Premier League. So, right. for Chelsea – they have to figure out, because Nkuku now is injured, injured. and that was going to be a big uh, lift for goals. Who's going to be the goal scorer? Is this going to be a committee? I still don't think Chelsea are going to get into the top four with this, this squad. I think defensively, they're stronger than a Tottenham. But in the attack, that's where you have the question marks. They don't have a Harry Kane or Hung Song to score goals who, who can, you can rely on in the 90th minute or later in the game. Who's going to get you over the hump? So for, for, for Chelsea... It's figuring out how
5: are they going to score goals to have success this season. And That's it, the big it, question. At the beginning Washington. of last season, it was a lot of Sterling. But then when they brought in the signings, M- Mudrik was a flop for the amount of money that they paid for him. I, he's, he, I feel like he's going to turn that around. Last season, season to do was it. Last, absolutely a flop. Because of the amount of money that they paid for him. He had a, a good Champions League group stage with Shakhtar Donetsk and Todd Boley went on a shopping spree like no other. Let's be honest. Todd Bolis or Arsenal that, wanted. You have, to,
2: you have to wonder if that impacts everything, too. I mean, you bring in so many superstars and maybe some that expect you have high expectations for, they just don't live up to the expectations when you're a team that's inundated with stars that can't seem I mean, to find it, chemistry. It was
5: almost undeservedly he was cast as a superstar because a young kid from Ukraine that had a good... Ukrainian Premier League he had he scored a couple of interesting goals with Shakhtar Donetsk in in, in the Champions League group stage and the problem with today's football is that when you Go out because there are there is stupid money in football now, and because you can pay eighty million for a kid that played six really good games for Europe, the expectations suddenly shoot through the roof. The same thing happened to Enzo Fernandez. Enzo Fernandez was playing at River in the Argentine league, uh, not even a year back from when uh, Chelsea bought him, and because Chelsea decided to go on this crazy shopping spree, hot off the World Cup, they paid they paid money that is unadvisable for a center midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> like, unadvisable. The, you know why? Because he's a river player. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> he's, he's a back. <laughs> he nah, he <laughs> Are you kidding me? He has an incredible amount of quality. But then you, as a, the, the narrative around this club, you, when you spend so much money in, on a certain player, you expect him to perform, to be Maradona as a center midfielder. and Was he you, a flop you, for you? Yeah, for the price tag that they flopper. pay for him. I would him. say he's a flop, but impact. he did not
4: live anywhere near expectations. Then, he did better than Mudrik It's did, the expectation. He did better than Mudrik. Expect- expect- I mean,
5: he, he fits, and when Pochettino gets the best out of him, he will be a
4: pivotal piece Chelsea success. But that's mm-hmm. why this is so difficult is because we're all expecting the same out of Pochettino, right? To at least provide them with an identity, provide them with a system that they can play in. And that's something that I don't think you could say about Chelsea last season. It felt like bedlam at moments. And now at least we understand that there's gonna be a process behind right. it. And he will get the bet he will get better out of Enzo, he will probably yeah. get better out of Mudrick. The problem is who's going to score the goals With Cuco and Coco going out.
5: And he's still, not even a still, nine though.
4: He, no, you still have Raheem Sterling. Attacking yeah. midfielder. And
3: and yeah. and this and Nico Jackson, you hope that something comes from him? Nico Jackson, to me, is like to... a
5: Hoyland signing. Is, 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 is Hoyland going to be that guy to, to be
4: scoring all the goals for he Manchester United? Be. Huh? He better be. He's a Manchester nine. Manchester United, but, United. that's it's what they expect of that position. It's a lot to expect from a young
5: kid at a big club I, I just
2: just I think for me the most shocking thing is hearing you say and not shocking in the sense that I don't I, I kind of agree with you that they wouldn't make the top four again this year And, and I just know that there's such big expectations for this club mm-hmm. So I wonder how long Pochettino has like how much of a leash He has to be able to do what oh, he, he wants in the time that he wants to do before they start having to make moves again or deciding to make moves. Chelsea he, is the
4: prototypical you got a year and a half to do something right. or you're out. But something feels different about Pochettino, and I'm not sure why. It's just a feeling there's no rumors. I haven't read anything. He's gained a lot like, of respect in the prem. Yeah, I feel like yeah. he will get at least this season to settle the ship. And then from there, you need to be in the top four without a doubt. Well,
3: he's done it with Southampton unlimited budget get the best out of his players they mm. competed then did it with Tottenham so I think with Chelsea they're gonna give him that leash they didn't give they didn't have Graham Potter on and say oh we're gonna go through this thick and thin we're gonna stick with you No, I think in terms of Pochettino they're gonna give him the opportunity to, to build the infrastructure here to give them the culture and and everything needed to get success but I think in terms of what they achieved this season it's just getting in Europe And whether that's Europa League, Europa Conference League, but moving up the table because they finished 12th last season, and I don't think they're good enough in the attack to get to the top four. That's not realistic.
2: All right. Well, this weekend, everything kicks off. We'll see how they all fare. So when we come back, Nico's chat with Joseph Martinez.
3: Grab your VIP pass.